All right, welcome back. I'm one of your co-hosts, Richie Gary. And I'm Ryan Hartnett. And this is Quick Slants. All right, with the NFL draft right around the corner and our interview with Ian O'Connor coming up later on in the show, I figured it'd be appropriate for us to talk about our teams, obviously. Um, Ryan, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan. Richie, you're a Ravens fan. And... The Giants last year, all out of sorts, the worst season in, in franchise history, really, at 3-13. and Nobody saw it coming. They had key acquisitions in the offseason, such as Brandon Marshall and guys in the defense. Everything into shambles. Uh, defensive coordinator gone, offensive coordinator gone, new head coach. So this year is going to be kind of a strange year because you are sort of rebuilding. You have a new defensive scheme. with a, They're playing a 3-4 instead of a 4-3. Um, and the offense is going to look a lot different. We might have a new star running back. We might have a new star quarterback. Who knows with the draft coming up. Um, but it, it's interesting because it, it's it's almost like they should be the team like they were two years ago. An 11-5 team that made the playoffs, that had a lot of talent on the offense and defensive side. The big question is Eli Manning because we know Odell, if he, Odell Beckham, if he's healthy, he's going to show up. We know we saw we saw what Evan Ingram can bring to the table last year. Uh, a lot of talent there, and if they do in fact take Saquon Barkley, we all know what he's capable of. And the biggest acquisition of the off se- of the off season was the left tackle, something they haven't had since the Super Bowl years. Um, so for me, when I look at having that left tackle and kind of taking the pressure off Eli Manning, you're gonna have maybe a more comfortable comfortable Eli Manning in the pocket, throwing to guys like Shepard. Uh, Ingram and and Brandon Marshall so to me they should be a playoff team now it, it depends on how long it's going to take for them to to get used to the new the new offense and the defense and everything to come together it's not going to happen right away in my opinion but I, I, I can confidently say that they should be a wild card team this upcoming year I agree I think the Giants definitely have a good shot at being a wild card team especially with the talent that they are projected to get and the talent that is coming back from injury now as far as the ravens go it might be a little bit different in my opinion just because we don't really know our offensive identity yet yes we do have crabtree now we do have john Smokey brown still don't know why he put Smokey in the middle of john but whatever i'll take it He's something he can take the top off of defense. But I just don't know. I just don't know. I mean, if we get Dez, that changes my outlook completely. Then we have three receivers that defenses can't double cover, really, because they got to focus on one guy. But if you focus on one guy, you leave another very solid wide receiver open. So that gives me hope. That gives me a lot of hope. We do need to start looking at tight ends because our past tight end acquisitions, such as Max Williams, losing Dennis Pitta to injuries, it's just, it's just not good there how like it used to be. We used to have Todd Heap and Dennis Pitta, and that was our glory days at tight end. But that is no longer the case. And with Benjamin Watson leaving, going back to the Saints, we're looking for shop there. We're also I don't know what I don't know what goes on in the Ravens' heads, but it feels like we always forget about the offensive linemen. We we're looking at wide receivers, and yes, that is something we definitely need. But all this talk about how Flacco didn't get any protection, it just it kills me that we're not looking at any offensive linemen. And it would kill me even more, as weird as it sounds, if we took an offensive lineman 
first round in the draft because I'm really thinking we're either going to take that quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who can then be groomed by RG3. It's like, hey, look at my knee. Don't do what I did. Or we take Calvin Ridley, who is for some reason falling on draft boards. I don't really know why. He's probably the only guy that can actually get open on his own. So if we do that, I think we're in good shape. Again, I think we're probably a wild card team because I don't see us knocking off the Steelers. Even though our games are always competitive, the Steelers always just they're just, they're just talented. They have Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. You, you can't really stop that, especially when Big Ben actually wants to play. So that's where I think. But anyways, guys, let's get to the segments today. We got first up. It's the big house. You know the drill. Run it. Hey, guys, it's Connor here again with uh, the big house. Another segment. Hope you guys brought your money bags. About to give you some free money. Uh, this week, just like last week, is another soccer play. It's But this time it's with the Champions League. Um, at this point in the season, we're down to four teams. Uh, those teams being Liverpool uh, from the Premier League, Roma from Serie A in Italy, Bayern Munich from uh, the Bundesliga in Germany, and then Real Madrid from La Liga in Spain. And the two matchups are Liverpool versus Roma and then Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid. So I've got a couple plays here for the, these games. Uh, the first one I'm going to pick is Liverpool, Roma, over three goals. Uh, my pick for the, my reasoning for this pick is just because both teams have high flying offenses. With Liverpool having the three, the front three of Salah, Firmino, and Mane, those guys have been banging goals all year long, just ripping up defenses. They're so fast. They've got good build up play, and they finish in the box every game. They're putting in at least two goals. So you're going to get production from them. And then for Roma, a different style compared to Liverpool, but I really like Edin Dzeko, their front man. They play more of a build-up, and then they have their one tailsman, their one striker. So they like to put in the, put the ball in the air in the box, and then he's always good for a header. So I'm really liking the over three goals at uh, minus 135. So you can put what you want on that. And then overall for that tie – I like Liverpool to advance. Um, I think that Liverpool's performance against Manchester City in the quarterfinals uh, really proved a lot over two legs, beating them uh, six six to two on aggregate over the two legs. It says a lot for one of the best teams in Europe. So I have Liverpool going on in that game. For Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid, it's a this is a tougher match because you've got two teams that are just so powerful on both the offensive and defensive sides. You've got Cristiano Ronaldo on Real Madrid, and then Bayern Munich's got a ton of players that are uh, high caliber. For this one, again, I like the over three goals. I think Ronaldo has an excellent Champions League record. The guy's got a nose for goal in pretty much any game he plays in the Champions League, so he's always good for one or two. And then Bayern Munich have the likes of Thomas Muller and uh, Arian Robin, Frank Ribéry. Those guys, their front attacking is second to none as well, so they're always good for goals. As for the result of the Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid, I'm going to say stay away from picking who's going to come out of that game just based on the fact that both teams are in really good form right now in the Champions League. It's going to be a toss-up. It's a pick em right now. So if you feel comfortable going one way versus another, do it. If I was leaning... I'd say Real Madrid, but at the same time, Bayern Munich can show up, obviously, and you know do some damage. So just for the review, I'm thinking Liverpool-Roma over three goals. I've got Liverpool to, to win that um, 
series, the two games, and advance to the finals. And then out of the Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid, I've just got them sticking with the three over three goals. And then if you're leaning one way versus the other on the pick em, I would tend to lean towards Real Madrid just because they're a powerhouse in the Champions League. So, yeah, I hope you guys like the picks, and uh, thanks for listening. All right, guys, another section of Athlete Eats with Yana. Today we're going to be doing a recovery smoothie for all of you people out there working hard in the gym or the trails or whatever. Basically, um, all you have to do is have a blender. And I don't know if you've heard of it before, but Cliff Shot um, Recovery Protein Mix. You can buy it pretty much at any store. Um, you can buy it in bulk also, which is pretty nice. Um, then basically uh, you add in a couple ice cubes, uh, one and a half cups of unsweetened almond milk, a cup of low-fat vanilla yogurt, a banana, three pitted dates for some sweetness, and two tablespoons of peanut butter, basically until it's smooth, and that's it. And then if you want to make a lot ahead, you can freeze it and have it for the next day also. So pretty easy, and it works. All right, joining us on the show now is Ian O'Connor from ESPN.com. So you recently wrote a story on Saquon Barkley, who's clearly been one of the hot topics of this year's draft. It's coming up in almost less than a week now. Um, what can you tell me about him from, from what you found out uh, through your interviews and, and your findings? And is he a good fit for uh, the Giants at number two? He's one of the more impressive young men entering the NBA, uh, NFL draft I've ever really been around, I think. Yeah, I feel the same way about that. I mean, we, we've had some, some hints here and there from the Giants and how, how a lot of teams seem to like Donald, like he's the guy after that pro day in, in the rain a few weeks ago. But uh, sticking with quarterbacks there, you've covered a ton of NFL drafts recently. Um, would you rank? How, how would you rank these top guys? Because we have more than usual that are projected to go in the first round. Well, I mean, it's a good question. And, and I'm, I'm one of 
those people who does believe in, in Mayfield. I do think he'll be a, a good NFL player. I don't know about a great NFL player, but a, a good starter in the NFL, which is obviously a very valuable thing. I think that I would put at the top of the list Darnold. Uh, I have not seen enough of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a guy who one scout compared him uh, to a combination of Roethlisberger and Cam Newton, physically anyway. And, and athletically, and if you look at his size, he's a guy who, wow, his upside might be the highest of uh, this entire group of quarterbacks, but he's also the biggest risk. So I'd be concerned about that. You look at his accuracy at Wyoming. Now, what I was told is he did not have really much at all around him to work with, but his accuracy was not good. And so he's raw, he's got a lot of potential, but there's risk there. And I think if you're a franchise picking first, second, third, it's a tough one to take. I think Mayfield's actually a sure thing. Uh, His upside is not as big. So I would probably, if I had to rank them, go one, Donald, two, Rosen, three, Mayfield, four, Allen. And I, I think Lamar Jackson's an interesting guy. I think I would take him in the first round. If I'm a team sitting at the bottom of the first round, he's still there. If I'm the Patriots, I would I would take a long look at him because uh, I think you can definitely win in the NFL with his style of play. I think Sean Watson proved that a little bit, although Lamar Jackson is a, is a better athlete than, than Watson is. I, I think he brings a little bit of a different style. But I think if you're a coach who – uh, really is is willing to let him be who he is. Lamar Jackson could be a great pick late in the first round. Yeah, he seems like a guy who kind of come in and kind of did with RG what RG three did a few years ago. He's hard to game plan for. We haven't seen a style of play like that. I agree with that. I feel like he has been flying under the radar a little bit there. Um, but I want to I want to get back into this Odell Beckham talk. Uh, he was the all over the news the last few weeks, the Giants want want this, want that, want two two first round picks, whatnot. From what you know, was any of that trade talk a real possibility? I think it was real in the sense that people like the Rams did call the Giants. I don't think the Giants. I don't think it's real if the Giants wanted to trade him. I, I, they 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 realize how good he is, but it's wearing on them how long it's taken for this kid to mature. And so I think they were willing to listen, and they did listen. And reportedly, they wanted two number ones for him. I thought, hey, if, if they're really sick of him, what they could have done is, is offered him to Cleveland, and his buddy is Jarvis Landry, so reunite him with his buddy in Cleveland and ask for the number four pick. This way, you get a quarterback at two, and you can get Saquon Barkley at four. And so let's, let's say they love Rosen. So you get Josh Rosen and Barkley and you lose Odell Beckham and maybe you also get a second-round pick thrown in there. Uh, That's not a bad deal, setting up your future. But uh, I I think their preference is to keep him and try to keep him at a reasonable salary number, which is going to be very difficult. I don't think he's going to be easy to negotiate with. It's really already sort of a, a fact or it's been proven it's going to be difficult. And if he really wants to be one of the highest, he wants to be the highest paid player in the league. That's not going to happen. He's not a quarterback. But if he insists on being close to that $20 million figure per year, that that's really going to cripple the Giants. And, and so we'll see. Uh, I think their clear preference is to keep him, add another weapon like Barkley. So now they believe Eli has got two, three years left of being productive. You added a left tackle in Nate Solder. 
Beckham comes back healthy, Saquon Barkley could be a 10 to 12 year Pro Bowl player. And all of a sudden, the Giants offensively look like they're in business. So I, I think that's the ideal uh, scenario right now if you're Dave Gettleman. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've seen over the years what Eli can do when presented with the right guys. And, and we, we finally have the left tackle. You have maybe legit, legitimately three top playmakers there. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, we've seen like Shepard and the tight end, the young tight end they have. I mean, they they really do have the makings of, of a very good offense. Their offense stunk last year, right. of course, through injuries. And their running game has been bad now for a long time. Uh, but Barkley gives them two things. He gives them the running game and also that threat out of the backfield and a guy at 230 who can run a 4-4. So they could be – it really then comes down to how much does Eli really have left. And that – does he really have two to three years of, of high productivity left in him? I don't know because he's been declining now for a number of years. So we'll see if the increased firepower around him actually revives, revives Eli on the back end. We've seen a ton of quarterback changes over the over the offseason with Kirk Cousins leaving from Minnesota, Alex Smith coming in, and then obviously the Vikings quarterbacks being scattered all over the league. Uh, who do you think has the chance to really have the, the best season out of all those guys? Well, I was there when, uh, when Minnesota uh, won that incredible playoff game against New Orleans. It was one of the great endings I've ever seen. And, of course, the next week they laid an egg. Uh, against uh, Philadelphia. So I, that surprised me with that carrot dangling there that they could be the first team to host a, a Super Bowl, basically. Uh, I, I think the Vikings, with the decision they made in in free agency with uh, with Cousins, I think uh, they're, they're going to be in, in great shape to make a run at the Super Bowl and sort of make up for what happened last year. So I think I like Case Keenum. And I still think it's very possible Denver will will take a quarterback. It depends who's still there for them. But I, I think Case Keenum is not a one-year wonder. I think he'll do fine. Obviously, he's got a system there with, with John Elway as the overlord, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, uh, a great fan base, weather usually good there. I, I think that's a good situation for him. That team, of course, uh, not far removed from winning it all. So... I think that he's in a really good uh, situation, but but I, I like Minnesota right now, and the decision they made, even though I thought Keenum would have been a good option to stay, I think uh, w- with their new quarterback, they have a chance now to, to win the whole thing, really, because they have a lot of pieces in place. Yeah, that's the thing about Case Keenum. I mean, he's he's really shown at every level he can, he can uh, perform. I mean, I think the age was a bit of a concern coming out of college, but people forget he has all those records, he was... He was able to come in and uh, kind of write the ship for Minnesota last year. So uh, I, I like those two as, as your opinion there. Um, well, Case Keenum, I spent some time with him too and did a big piece on him last year for ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's, yeah, you're right, he's performed at every level and he's been doubted at every level because it, it, you look at him, he's kind of got that everyman look. He doesn't, he's not 6'5 and he doesn't have that perfect quarterback body in the pocket. And he's a little funky the way he plays. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he's athletic enough to make plays with his feet and get out of the pocket. So I think he's going to do really well uh, in, in Denver, and, and they'll be in good shape. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays out. I, I think that, uh, again, this, this draft class is really interesting because 
the quarterbacks have sort of been elevated uh, by the fact that there's such a pressing need for quarterback play in the NFL. But if you really look at this group, is there, there's no Andrew Luck there. There's no Peyton Manning. There's not one guy that you would say he is a surefire franchise player for somebody for the next 12 to 14 years. It's kind of interesting the way it's played out. They're, they're all bunched up at the top, but is there really one guy that's like Andrew Luck coming out of Stanford or Peyton Manning coming out of Tennessee? There isn't. So... Um, I know we were talking about the veteran quarterbacks and the free agents who move, but th- this class is really intriguing. At the end of the day, Saquon Barkley, I think, is by far the best player in it. He's not a quarterback. Best landing spot for Des Bryant. <laughs> now, I know he's already talking about the Giants, but you know, I, I think obviously for him, it's it's a it's a win now team. He wants a ring. He's at the end of his career. If he can convince one of these teams, really. Uh, right on the doorstep, whether it be maybe, I don't know, Philadelphia, Minnesota, uh, a team that's really right there and isn't going to ask him to, to do too much because I think right now he'd be much better off in a secondary role contributing, and I don't know if that's going to match up with his ego. But I think I think at his age and the wear and tear, he's just much better off going somewhere where he can be a third receiver not making a lot of money and just trying to win a ring. I think that should be, if I were him, my only, and I'm not saying he's going to approach it like this, my only criteria really would be where is it a good fit where I have a chance to win a ring where I can play some and be a, a somewhat significant contributor but not be what I've been in the past because I think that's asking too much. All right, well, uh, thanks for giving giving us some of your time today, Ian. We uh, really appreciate you coming on.